Oh yeah. my gosh. Do you ever just want to touch your cat's eyeball? A little, but you can't. It's impossible. No, it's not. It's no, very, it is. Is it? Yeah. <laughs> it is. Because they have, not only do they have blinkies here, they have blinkies here. Oh. Did you know that? I don't want to scare her. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to another episode of We Explain Movies. I'm Kimmy. I'm Kayleen. And I'm Courtney. And this is the podcast where three best friends submerge you in a cesspool of spoilers as we explain rate slash review and recommend whether or not to see the latest and greatest or most beloved classics of film. As you'll know if you've been tuning in, uh, we tend to spoil quite a bit of things. (laughs) Definitely all the things. uh, Whatever our episode is, which this week is Isn't It Romantic? We're going to spoil the heck out of that and we might spoil other things with it. So you can find timestamps to those suckers on Instagram and Twitter at WeExplainMovies. Good job. Those are all the places. This is oh. very exciting. Oh, sorry, you oh, something else? No, I was just going to say that uh, another disclaimer on this week's episode is that me and Kimmy, not Courtney, because she claims she's the alpha, <laughs> Kimmy and I are uh, a little sick, so there might yeah. be some coughing. Uh, I feel great, guys. <laughs> and Kimmy. Good for you. I feel, like, <laughs> I feel like there's a pressure cooker in my brain. I haven't been to work in two and a half days. <laughs> yep. Honestly, I, I think I will be the most superior of us. Immunity, immunity system wise, if I don't catch what I am clearly subjecting myself to, I'm yeah. sitting within a foot of each <laughs> of these two. Fair enough. And it's just as much as it is a cesspool of spoilers, it is a cesspool of germs. So <laughs> that's a good one. <laughs> we'll see. Watch, catch us next week when Courtney has to speak through like a ventilator. <laughs> We're very yeah. excited because Courtney was gracious enough to buy us a new mic. Yeah. Do you hear it? Do you hear it, Mr. Krabs? It sounds so good. <laughs> Can you tell us yes. the name of the mic, Courtney? Yes, I'm so excited. Look, okay, tell, so tell them how we came to the name as well. I, oh, of course. I'm not going to leave out a speck of detail. Um, so it's it's uh, a really nice mic, and it came in a couple different colors, but I, I really wanted the silver one because always the top would be silver, oh, so yeah. like it would just be a color at the bottom. So we got it in silver. When we took it out of the box, I said, I really want to name it so it feels part of the podcast. And Kayleen said it needs to be something silver-related. And immediately I went, Pietro. <laughs> and she went, Pedro? I said, Pietro Maximov, um, which is one of Maximov's brother, Quicksilver, from Age of Ultron. And then I said, Quicksilver. And Kimmy just goes, why not Evan Peters? <laughs> which I guess, yeah, is probably the more noticeable or notable Quicksilver. Also because all three of us like him. We love Evan Peters. Mm-hmm. However... <laughs> <laughs> so we were going to name him Evan Peters, and I put a name tag on him just now. It's actually not him. Uh, it's a podcast of three girls, and so I decided I wanted it to still be somewhat female, so it's called Evan Rachel Peters. <laughs> I think it's a glorious name. And for those yeah. who don't know, that's after Evan Rachel Wood. We didn't just pick yeah. or Rachel. No, so it's like a hybrid Evan Rachel Wood, Evan Rachel Peters. All right, uh, so yeah, we're talking about Isn't It Romantic today. Raise your hand if you've seen it. Me. Me. Yeah, so that's Kimmy and Kayleen. I, Courtney, have not seen this movie. I, Courtney, is the spinoff to iCart. It is the spinoff. So what's first, Kimmy? Before we get into talking about Isn't It Romantic, is there anything that you have recently watched as of late since uh, the last podcast that you'd like to talk about? Especially knocking things off your watch list, Mm -hmm. because at the end of every episode, we like to uh, tack on what it is that we are putting on our watch list. Mm-hmm. So at the beginning, we'll, we'll cross off if we have seen anything, particularly if um, the third of us who hasn't seen the movie we explained, which last week, if you didn't listen, was Alita Battle Angel, which Kayleen had not seen. 
she still has not seen it, and she still won't be seeing it. <laughs> uh, but yeah, watch list things you've knocked off or other good stuff you've seen. So I, um, since I was at home, all I've been doing is watching The Office and other random stuff. So yesterday it was about six o'clock and I was like, well, really all that I'm going to do now is go to bed, but it's pretty early and I don't want to wake up in the middle of the night. So I was like, let me put on a movie. And then I thought... Maybe I'll watch Ex Machina because you oh, guys. Oh were, my god! I didn't watch that. Oh. <laughs> That's upsetting. Why would you tease us that way? <laughs> so I was like, I went through my Netflix list and was looking because I know that was on there, and I wanted to see what else was on my Netflix watch list because okay. I wasn't quite in the mood for Ex Machina, but I wanted to watch something I'd never seen. Okay. So I remembered because I saw it on my watch list that. Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy oh. was on my watch list, and I've never seen it, and oh. Sammy Boy's in it, so I watched that for the first time. Did you like it? I did like it. So, I mean, it was a little bit, well, I would say the craziest thing about it, because I was under the impression that it was all people I didn't know. No, Turns out Zoe Deschanel. <laughs> the first, like, top seven or eight build mm-hmm. characters were all people I Is knew. Is it Martin Freeman? Yes. Yeah. yeah. So when, when the movie starts, Sam's name was first, which is a little strange, because he's not the protagonist. He's but, not, no. But Sam's name comes up first, and then the next seven names were all people <laughs> I knew. I was like, what is going on? I would have loved it if they were, like, your next seven favorites. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so that was a fun time. Um... Yeah, I thought it was... was on Netflix? Yeah. Oh, I want to watch that. I thought it was a fun ride. It was... I don't know. There wasn't a lot to it, so Mm -hmm. it's not something I'm dying to see anytime soon, but I'm glad I saw it. Oh, that's so nice. It's very unique. Mm -hmm. I really liked that about it. little side note about that movie. Mm -hmm. I know that this isn't this movie, but Mm -hmm. whenever I hear Hitchhiker's Guide, I always think of that other movie, Spaceballs. Oh, that seems kind of fair. I think really? of Galaxy Quest, because they the, both have Sam and Alan yeah. Rickman, and they're in space, and they have Galaxy. They all was, seem like the same universe. <laughs> yeah, I was at a sleepover when I watched that. I was, like, really, space really young. Balls? Yeah. Mm. Oh, and wow. I wasn't really into it. I don't remember who the sleepover was. I was really young. And they put Spaceballs on. Of course you wouldn't be into it. It's the goofiest shit ever. Yeah. And also, it's, it's kind of older people. Not older people. It's more mature humor, isn't it? That's yeah. so funny, because it's not mature, it's very immature, but I mean... Over kids' heads. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Like the euphemisms. Yeah. So I fell asleep during it, right? <laughs> and then I woke up... Comedy's put it was to sleep. Yeah. I mean, this, this <laughs> podcast... Eight, eight, she said, I'm sorry, this isn't Schindler's List. <laughs> I went to bed. I woke up... She wrote that in her diary. Yeah. <laughs> Dear diary, I'm sitting on Allison's floor. All the other kids... <laughs> Definitely, I'm going to just remember the girl's name is Allison. Here I sit, pondering the universe, and they will be watching Spaceballs. (laughs) My internal voice is British, for sure. It is, yeah. Uh, So I woke up in the middle of the night. And your sister heard those thoughts in your head, Well, I think that she was there, too. And so I woke up, and it was super dark, and the menu for Spaceballs was on, Mm -hmm. and it was like... It's in it's engraved in my mind because it's I it think repeats it's, itself right it repeats itself and I think it's like an astronaut or someone like falling out into deep space and he goes oh, oh my gosh and like going over and over again and I thought it was the scary shit <laughs> and and I will never watch spaceballs do you so. have a, you sound scarred from this movie yeah I am I have a question just spinning off of that sure. Do any of you have a movie DVD menu that is ingrained Absolutely into your mind? Absolutely, I do. I want to know what it is. Because <laughs> That's a really good question. The amount of times where we just 
question. That's a really good question. <laughs> What's your Which thing? is pretty oh. niche to like it's a certain a, generation. It's so niche. <laughs> My goodness. Uh, mine is for sure. Along came Polly, and I will never get out the line where she goes, "You're sweating pretty profusely." <laughs> <laughs> oh, I forget about the ones where it has clips, and yeah. so you hear them. Yeah. Oh, that's gonna bother me now. So I'm like, "What's the big one?" Yeah, Kimmy. I don't really have. I'm sure the next time I see a DVD mm-hmm. menu. Um, that? <laughs> <laughs> that I'll be remember. I'll be reminded. But what is engraved into my mind is like some intros of movies, production companies. Oh yeah, and yeah. then what movie comes after that? You know mm-hmm. what I mean. So specifically, the uh, Scooby Doo movie. Oh, what's at the beginning of it? Yeah, what's it, it goes, Tri Stars. I can't remember. It goes. It's the one that goes. Ba, 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 ba. Universal. Damn, I don't think that's it. Is it but, 20th Century Fox? <laughs> I think that was the 20th Century Fox thing you just said. I don't know. I, no, I think it's WB. It's WB. Oh, it's totally WB then. Okay. I would assume. And then Scooby-Doo goes, <laughs> 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 And eats it, and it turns into his dog tag or whatever. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If, and then also the one that comes after um, uh, for tr- the first Charlie's Angels. <clears throat> With oh, where it's like they're on a plane and you hear the plane and going the, over. And then the guitar riff goes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think that we sure. were watching that and I was I said that and you guys were like, whoa. Yeah, oh, I was watching that, that and I immediately had flashbacks and I was just like, oh, oh, oh. because uh, who's the guy that Drew Barrymore is like wearing the face? LL of? Cool J. Exactly. And I had no idea who that was as a child. And now I'm just like, I know every line LL Cool J has in that yeah. movie, but I didn't know who LL Cool J was. Um What's your menu? I, I honestly, I, I can hear the song playing in my head, and I know it's a movie about a wedding. Ooh. My big fat Greek wedding. It's not that. Oh. And it's it's kind of like um, wedding music is playing, but it's kind of like marimba Is it it's like, like Bride Wars? No, it's not. Dresses? No, I hate that movie. Okay. Um, <laughs> and I don't want to... We're going to get into that. Into rom-coms? <laughs> we're going to get into rom-coms in a bit. Um, so, someday it will it will come back into my life, and I will see it. But for now, I don't know it. Yeah. That was a little detour about that. Do you have anything on your recently watched list, Courtney? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and that is At Eternity's Gate. You get 48 hours to watch it. Um, so I rented it on Amazon because I'm a good girl who pays for her movies. <laughs> now and again. Because <laughs> um, I wanted to watch it on the big screen. So I rented Eternity's Gate, At Eternity's Gate, and um, watched all but the last 20 minutes really was not a fan at all um it made me realize because van gogh's my favorite painter and i'm american so i'm gonna say van gogh and not van gogh um (laughs) sorry not sorry i'm from california um so he's my favorite painter and it i had the the great um honor and pleasure of going to go to his museum in amsterdam a couple years ago and they're just getting to read the kind of really historical information about him and seeing the actual letters he sent his brother and seeing his paintings up close and just kind of knowing him from a distance and being okay with that. I lived a hundred years later than him. I just wanted to see what he made and uh, know details about his life, but I am just not interested in the fan fiction live-action portrayal of him that was this movie. Um... What's funny is things that annoyed me about it were, like, he would say things that sounded like they were really just romanticizing mental illness, and then I Googled them, and they were actual Van Gogh quotes. So I was like, that quote that he said at the end... Okay, so I rented the movie, didn't watch the last 20 minutes. Uh, 
my rental was about to expire about an hour ago, and so I said, I have 40 minutes to watch the last 20. Will you guys watch it with me? So they watched the last 20 minutes. We did, just now. It seemed like about four minutes because there was so much dead space. There's so much dead space in it, and I explained to them everything they missed, and it was not much, so this doesn't even need to be a we explain at Eternity's Gate because it's just such a very slim movie, but also full of unnecessary fan fiction. Um, But he had Hmm. that line where he said, sometimes I think illness cures us. And I was like, that sounds like one of those, you know, like neurotypical things that people say. I'm just like, but if Van Gogh got help, his paintings wouldn't have existed. And it's like, no, he was an advocate for help. I had a lot of back and forth feelings about it. Um, But all in all, not my cup of tea, Mm -hmm. that movie. Um, It was a lot of I played for them one of the montages of him just in a field pouring dirt on his face. <laughs> it went on for about six minutes. They did that about four times during the movie. Yeah. Um, at another point, he's he's sitting on the side of the road, like, painting um, roots. And it's a really beautiful portrait. Portrait, I guess? Uh, painting of roots, like, tree roots. And it's in his style of, like, really clunky, big colors. And this French woman and, like, all of her school children come up. And they're like, what are you painting, sir? And he's like, Roots. And the French teacher's like, those are ugly! And the children all attack him, and they're like, your art is ugly! <laughs> like, physically attack him? They, one kid goes up and scratches his painting, and the other starts, like, smacking him, and then he yells at all of them, and the French woman's like, run! There's a madman! What? Run, children! He's crazy! And I'm like, you provoked him. <laughs> what? Yeah. Um, there was one redeeming scene, which Kayleen walked in in the middle of, and you were downstairs doing laundry, and it was, it was really good. It was with him and Mads Mikkelsen. But Mads Mikkelsen was playing a priest who said, why do you paint? And he said, it was the only gift God gave me. And the priest just holds up one of his paintings and goes, this is ugly. Damn. (laughs) This is not good. Why would God give you this gift? God's not like this. It sounds like that episode of America's Got Talent. You're watching (laughs) bad art. This art is bad. And Mads Mikkelsen just boos him. Um, So I watched Daddy Eternity's Gate. I don't think I've watched anything else at all this week. Kimmy and I didn't even yeah. get to watch Jessica Jones because we no. were both on mm. different schedules, sadly. The last, I didn't enjoy the last 20 minutes that I saw of Eternity's Gate, oh. but I still cried. <laughs> she did still cry, and then afterwards we watched the four-minute clip on YouTube of the, the Van Gogh episode of Doctor Who, and that was a better movie. That, it was, <laughs> that also made me cry. Yeah, it made me cry, too. It was really good. It's such a sweet <laughs> part. It is beautiful. Did you knock anything off your watch list? Nope. <laughs> I mean, that's fair. <laughs> Did no. you watch anything? No. I've been so busy, but I have been getting home really late at night and watching a little bit of that show, Sex Education. Oh, uh, that I told you not to watch on my Netflix account? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was yeah. like, I don't want that popping up. It's funny, I guess. Oh, yeah. nice. Does it feel childish because they're like no. teenagers? I, I was expecting it to be, it is really British humor, um, which I'm well, like. Oh, I feel like you would like that. Um, I, I actually am starting to get more acquired to the British humor of it, but I think it's probably really, um, watered down. They definitely have the, um, comedic beats in there where I'm like, oh, that is definitely like a, a Brit thing that you laugh at and I'm not laughing. But, um, I was expecting it to be really raunchy, which it super is, Mm -hmm. but also I like hardcore cried at one episode. Oh, Oh, wow. Yeah, there was this whole episode about uh, one of the characters going through uh, an abortion, and I was like really crying. It was... My my impression of the show is that it's, you know, supposed to be funny, but it's also about that age of people dealing with sexuality, and that's a very tormenting thing. I guess from my 
picture that I saw on Netflix. <laughs> I was like, this looks like that American cartoon Big Mouth. Oh, which I also gee. didn't watch. Big Mouth is very raunchy, though. It's very raunchy. Yeah. Okay, I watched two minutes of it and just I was like, I, I'm not. There it are, takes a lot for me to get into adult cartoons, and yeah. I can say I'm into zero at the moment. Mm. And Bob's really, Burgers is my favorite. Yeah, but I don't. I don't. I, I watched it, and I was like, I get it. Then I moved on. Sad. I know you really like it. You're always talking about the coochie coochie. (laughs) Coochie copy. Coochie copy. Yeah, Yeah, coochie copy. But you also have like a Rick and Morty sweatshirt. Yeah, I'm into Rick and Morty. And you really like Rick and Morty. Which shocks me, Kimmy. What? I think it's funny. (laughs) (laughs) She also likes two parts of Family Guy. (laughs) I like, oh, I was just talking about this literally two two days ago. I like the uh, live ostrich audience. I like the part where I like the part where um, Stewie's talking to Brian. And he goes, "Oh, you're you're doing a little uh, writing of your narrative there. You're writing a novel. <laughs> these, these are literally <laughs> not even the two parts you like, always bring I up. Like, what does she always bring up? I also she like always the part where upside down face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, remind me what that is. <laughs> wow, this is Kimmy's sense of humor. Look at Kimmy it's go. Like, She's always like the best. Really That guy who plays Jack on Lost. Oh. And he's like, okay, we are the island. <laughs> it's like really funny. <laughs> um, wow, Kimmy. <laughs> Kimmy's crying tears of laughter, which she's never done. <laughs> Not like the tears of depression that I had during watching <laughs> This Is Romantic, or what is it? Isn't is, This Romantic? I really don't even care that much to even say the title right. Isn't it romantic? Isn't it romantic? Oh, that, yeah, that. We saw yesterday. Should we get into the uh, related questions for tonight? Yeah. 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 Okay. So related questions as this is, isn't it romantic? Um, I came up with a string of them. Um, The first one is just such an on the nose that Kayleen was like, we should do that one, obviously. And so, yeah, let's start with that one, obviously. But I want to kind of expand it. So this is a, a parody movie of romantic comedies. So I thought it'd be fun instead of just naming your favorite romantic comedy to do uh, your top three romantic mm. comedies. Your top three favorite romantic comedies. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Should we do all three or should we go in a round? Should we go in a round robin type of thing? Because some of us, I think like we're going to come up with the same answer I think first. so too. Because I know you and I, our I number one is about the same. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Okay, yeah. you start. <laughs> it's how to lose a guy in, in ten, ten days. days. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Kayleen and I both love that one. I think yeah. it is an A plus romantic comedy. Yeah. It just, it's, when I was, so we paused this podcast for a second to look at, think of our top three and also romantic this comedies. And Kimmy had to get her laundry. <laughs> um, and it's hard because there's such a wide variety of what you can potentially consider a rom-com. Yeah. But I feel like the very g- generic uh, definition of a rom-com, How to Lose a t- Guy in 10 Days, fits that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, it is totally a story where the purpose of the story is to get these two characters together. Yes. Um, but it's so clever. Yeah. To have both of them with different objectives. Yeah. Yeah. But I just mean, for that reason, I feel like that's part of why it's number one for me, because it totally fits that genre. Do you have a favorite one-liner from that one? Ooh. Um, I don't I, like, Oh, no, I know my yeah. favorite one-liner. It's... It's uh, when she comes with the, the tissues and the, the buddy of his goes, nobody likes a Mr. Mr. Sniffles. Oh, really? <laughs> Just blow. Yeah. I either like the other. He goes, no, I, I hate Mr. Sniffles. Yeah. That's what the friend says. <laughs> well, I just am thinking like different moments now. I do love when she, she tricks him into thinking that they're going to go see courtside sports ball, mm-hmm. basketball tickets, games. <laughs> and I don't know what team it is. It's their favorite. The team. Knicks. Is it the Knicks? Yeah. I was going to say Knicks, but I didn't want to be stupid. <laughs> the Knicks, and she tricks him into thinking that she's got front row seats yeah. for that, and then instead they're right next door at Madison Square Garden seeing Celine Dion. Yeah. <laughs> and um, <laughs> she's just goes to see him her front row, and she yeah. goes, and she reaches up. She brings it down. <laughs> I love that. Yeah. 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 Good. It's a good movie. It's so good. It's so good. And it just, it, it's a nice uh, idea of what early 2000s journalism would be. It, it was, was like, also in the prime yeah. of rom-coms. They yes. were popping back in that day. Yeah, they were churning those out like mm-hmm. butter. Mm-hmm. All right. Kimmy? Um, I'm going to, I didn't pitch in with that hardly at all. Did, did you not like, <laughs> yeah, you were silent. Did you not like that movie? I mean, I think Kayleen showed it to me and I enjoyed it. <laughs> Like, more than she would another rom-com. Yeah. You weren't viscerally affected by it. She no. wasn't viscerally mad at it, so that's yeah. a good It thing. wasn't burned into your <laughs> can't say psyche? Can't say any of it was uh, visceral, so. Mm. <laughs> uh, my first one's going to be Crazy Stupid Love. Oh, oh. that's on my list. Yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah. I mean, you guys, I don't have a lot to say in this category because <laughs> I don't love The word rom-coms. calm is in rom-coms. <laughs> I mean, I like I like <laughs> rom coms more than like the average comedy. Should we have a separate category for Kimmy where she shares her favorite rom drom? <laughs> <laughs> now that's a category. Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind is her number one. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I like Crazy Stupid Love. I think. I mean, you guys know I like darker stuff. I like dark comedy stuff, and that mm-hmm. this one's like more realistic and um, more having to do with the troubles of love. And, you know, when things don't really work out and it's not romantic per se, but it is about love. And I like the whole cast. And, yep. Do you have a part that sticks out that you um, I love all the Emma Stone, Ryan Gosling parts. Yeah, I would say, especially them together, because I... I kind of more bad sticky outy things with that movie. Like I hated every time Ryan Gosling said said schwanz, <laughs> <laughs> and I remember that, and I just remember it, disdainfully remembering that. Um, but yeah, their their dirty dancing moment is so so wonderful, yeah, and that's that. that's a nice take on that. Let's let's play up a joke about rom coms. Yeah, you know, like mm-hmm. he knows how to get women, and so he's doing that because he knows what to sell, and I think yeah. that's a good. That's I, an example of a movie knowing how to play with tropes. Right. Thank you. That's a good one. That's yeah. a spoiler for it, isn't it? Romantic? Yeah. Yeah. So I'm excited. <laughs> I love tropes. I love hearing about them. I also really like the the um, 
climax of the movie where it's you realize that all of these characters are I love David (laughs) Lennon they're all connected Emma Stone shows up and she's like this is my dad and he's like you're the guy who's been telling me how to hit on women like get away from my daughter and like you've been sending nudes to my daughter (laughs) like you know that's my favorite scene is when he goes oh you're David for crazy stupid love it's so good uh, I also do I do love the part where Julianne Moore is is talking about why their relationship fell apart her and mm-hmm. Steve Carell's and she's like sometimes I just need my alone time the other day I went to go I see the Twilight say. movie by myself <laughs> and he's like how was it she goes she's like Julianne Moore is yeah. such an amazing actor she's, she's sobbing and she's like it was so bad and then you know what's funny about that is that she's her daughter and still Alice yeah 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 <laughs> Uh, round two. My number two of romantic comedies is Gone Girl. <laughs> Get out. <laughs> I know. Uh, no, my number two actually. What's funny? I thought is, you were actually going to try to spin that to no. me. No, <laughs> my number two and three have very similar titles. Um, my number two though is definitely Just Friends mm-hmm. with Ryan Reynolds and Amy Smart. And it's kind of a forgotten one. It's a it's a Christmas movie too. Oh, you've seen it once. Oh, I, I don't think I've ever seen I it. I love that movie. He plays. Um, her best friend from all of high school, but in high school he was so nerdy, he was really overweight, he had retainers. Then years later, that, that haunted him, and so he became a, a record executive uh, producer, and he's trying to go back home to visit her. Well, he doesn't intentionally go back there, but he accidentally ends up back in his hometown, and um, while trying to sign this nutcase music star played by Anna Ferris, oh. who's just insane and everything she does is hysterical. Like she's full on eating toothpaste in one scene. Mm-hmm. Um one of my celebrity crushes from high school is in it and like he's nobody knows who he is. It's his name's Christopher Marquette and he's so cute and uh so yeah, I love that movie. And there's not much more to say because you guys clearly aren't interested in that movie because you haven't seen it. <laughs> I just, I remember watching it once when I was younger and it just didn't stick with me. I don't know why it stuck with me, but it, it fully did. It, it really, that one just, I love that movie. Isn't that the girl from Butterfly Effect? Yep. Cool. And a rat race? Yeah. And a rat race, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, your turn. What's your number two? Well, my number two is Crazy Stupid Love, so... Oh, okay. oh, <laughs> oh I didn't know that. Okay, good. good. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, my number two is Silver Linings Playbook. Mm, it's, no. That's that's one that came up in the romantic comedy car- category because it is a romantic movie and it is a comedy, but it's not a rom com. So I'll let, it, I'll let it slide. It's romantic and it's a comedy, but it's not a rom com. Yeah. I would not call it a rom com in the slightest. It's a dark comedy. Yeah. I, I don't Oops. even. I would, well, are you getting my taste? Are you understanding my movie taste yet? Fine. It's a dark comedy with romance, <laughs> and I love that movie. It is. I love the part yeah. where they're at the diner and she goes, yes. "You think that you're that I'm crazier than you? I'm yeah. so much." crazier than you. I remember I once saw like a, a gif. Yeah. <laughs> Where it was like me at Thanksgiving dinner. I'm so much crazier than you. And then she goes smacking the cereal. <laughs> and she laughs. She's like ah, ah, ah. I also yeah. really like when he throws the book out the window and you're oh, like. Oh I love um. it. And he's like what? He chucks farewell yeah. to arms out the window. I love that movie. It's a really good yeah. movie. What's your number three? Oh my number three? My number three is uh, Just Married. With oh, good Brittany call. Murphy and Ashton Kutcher. Ugh. What? <laughs> what? Yeah, no, you're allowed to have it. I just really don't like it. It's have okay. you seen it? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. yeah. They go to Vegas, right? <laughs> no, that's what happens in Vegas. <laughs> 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 Is Ashton Kutcher also oh, in that? Oh, yes. 
have to take one of those back. Because you love what happens in Vegas? <laughs> no. Honestly, I don't love rom-coms, but I do have to take... I'm, I'm going to give myself four. So. <laughs> Boo-hoo. I get four. Um, so, just married. It's Brittany Murphy gets married to Ashton Kutcher, and I love Brittany Murphy. I was devastated when she died. Yeah. I was I was just a teenager, and when I found out she died, I was so upset because I love Uptown Girls. Yeah, that's a good movie. And I don't think that's a rom-com because it's not about... It's not a rom-com. It's not a rom-com. That's not it's, the goal. What would you call those movies, though? A dramedy? It's like a, it's more like a, uh, it's like a chick flick. A chick flick, chick flick. Okay, but not a rom-com. I feel that's like fair. that's also like, maybe could be categorized as a coming of age. Or a coming of age. So I love that one. And Just Married is, is really cute. It's, um, the two of, it, it opens with the two of them, uh, in the airport getting back from their honeymoon and they're both fighting and, and it's like hysterically physical comedy. Like they're both tripping each other in the yeah. airport and like they <laughs> one of them pushes the other down an escalator and they're both running to go get to the their car first so they can get home and get all their stuff and you realize their honeymoon went terrible. And then it's a flashback to, to their first date yeah. and flash forward to their wedding and then to all the things that happened yeah. on the honeymoon and a lot went wrong in a very short amount of time and it's it's really cute yeah. and funny. Yeah. Mm. I might have to nix that one though because now I've seen that, that so many times. Now that I'm thinking Ashton Kutcher, I love, 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 love No Strings Attached with him and Natalie Portman. Uh, I do like that one. I love that movie. It's got Greta Gerwig and Mindy Kaling, mm-hmm. um, and Jake Johnson. It's so good. Mm. Yeah. I like that one as well. And you haven't seen it, Kaylee? No, I haven't. I would love to watch it with you because oh, I think okay. you'd really like it. It's, I'm down. It's very funny and. Uh, it it goes off the tropes like it's it's a fun take on the tropes where they're still fulfilled but it's yeah. fun yeah okay well since you said four this one I was gonna mix <laughs> I'm not gonna go into depth on it because I think it's very cliche but it is so good thirteen going on thirty. I was oh, gonna okay. mix it because it's cliche, it's, but it's yeah. so that it's cliche because it's so good. We so all know I what happens. It. I did. Yeah. yeah, I wanted to pick that one yeah. too, but I thought it was also totally. Too easy. But it's super good, and everybody yeah. knows it. It's really good. Um, but then the last one on my list, um, and there's so many out there. I don't know if this is my real top three, but this okay. is another one I've seen over and over and over again. Is Fifty First Dates. Mm. Oh, that's a good Adam Sandler. Yeah, it's one of the best Adam Sandlers. And because I like a lot of his movies, but that's the best romantic. Well, Wedding Singer's really good, too. Mm. Um, But yeah, Fifty First Dates is so sweet and really funny. And again, came out in that time when rom-coms were flying high. And and him and Drew have such a good chemistry. They have great chemistry. That's why The Wedding Singer is the other great one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, My third is Princess Bride. Okay, good. Okay, that's good fair. Yeah. I, I was really scared about what she was going to say. No, I, yeah, I knew you were going we to accept this one. Disobedience. Yeah. <laughs> Disobedience is my favorite rom-com. Uh, Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain, favorite rom-com. No, I like Princess yeah. Bride for a rom-com. I think that's just a classic. You can watch it over and over. It never gets old. I think that it's good for the family. See, I didn't know you liked that, Kimmy. That seems like... A taste and humor I wouldn't pair you with. I mean, I'm, I'm not happy. gonna go like put it on, but um, yeah. I'm not really gonna put on any other rom com either. <laughs> so, but I, I don't know. I really like it, and I think it also gets better with age. Mm. Okay, so that was my first question. Um, Damn, that was long. It was long. I mean, I figured that one would take a, a bit of time. We can do one more and keep it short. We can do none. I kind of just want to share the questions I came up with. Sure. <laughs> Okay. And you can share your answer to either question, oh I guess. Gosh. I'll give you two questions, you give me one answer. First 
slash second question. The second question um, would be, what romantic comedy do you think is the most overrated? Ooh. Where it is just full of so many tropes, you don't understand the love story, you're not a fan, etc., etc. <laughs> you guys seem intrigued. <laughs> the other one, <laughs> the other one I like, shouldn't even say. What is it? It's stupid. I was like, ha, ha, ha. <laughs> it's stupid. Uh, <laughs> what's a movie you love <laughs> where the main character <laughs> suffers a traumatic brain injury? <laughs> what? <laughs> Okay, I'm gonna, gonna I'm gonna pick the first question. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who knows the rom com they disapprove of? All right. So, so my take on this is that I honestly any movie that I feel like has too many tropes, okay. I think are generally disliked by everyone. So I don't think I have a good answer for this. I guess the ones I would say fall victim to this the most are those ones like Valentine's Day or oh okay. You're going. You're one? going broad. Uh, New Year's Eve. Eve. New Year's Eve. Just yeah. because I. I don't know. I really buy into it. If it's a good <laughs> rom com, I'm always eating it up. And if it's a bad one, then I'm not because it was bad. You know? Okay. So wow. So you, you sound really on board for them. <laughs> I guess you do just like them a lot. Yeah. Ooh, you're Kimmy? gonna you're gonna be mad at me. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. Oh. Was it something she just said? No. Oh. oh okay. okay. What is it? Um. It's. <laughs> It's ten things I hate about you. Yeah, I really oh. like that. I know. <laughs> I yeah. don't like that one, but I, I, I like I like understand it. the appeal of it, so I wouldn't say that. I mean, I I love. I kind of had a feeling. Yeah. <laughs> why? Because that one scene that everybody does the monologue yeah. from is that why? Not, ju- not just that. <laughs> That's a terrible monologue because it, it is a terrible monologue. Don't okay. rhyming monologue. Of course, Heath but it's Ledger. Good in the context of the movie. Yeah. <laughs> of course, Heath Ledger is you know an amazing actor, um, but. Uh, that movie, I just, I couldn't get on board. I, I do really hate the monologue that she does. It's not emotional. And oh she's, like, gosh, weeping. I highly disagree. And, <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. It's it's not like a profession. It's like a school project. She does it like a school project. I think that's super lame. <laughs> and then the secondary characters are not important enough. I'm like, why have plot lines at all? Because it's a Shakespeare Yeah, play. that's the only reason. And she's a really unlikable character. The main person. You mean like a shrew? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's I would like, call her shrewd. <laughs> well, there's not even. Boy, a, I hope Heath Ledger tames her. Sorry. <laughs> there's not even like a reversal. Like it's like suddenly mm. they like each other, and I'm like, no, like not in. He always liked her. Like yeah. <laughs> so I'm, I'm just really not a fan, and I think everybody loves it. I feel really bad for them. <laughs> Oh my gosh. I, I feel bad for them. <laughs> I don't feel bad for I'm them. I'm sorry that their taste is so bad. I'm sorry that your That's palate really hasn't funny. been cleansed. I feel like you guys are making me out to be like this elitist moviegoer, and I'm really not. Yeah, this girl guys, like I like Alita, Alita Battlestar. Battle <laughs> <laughs> this is Alita Battlestar. Every time we said it last time, I wanted to say Battlestar. It's kept coming. Wanting to come oh out. My God. <laughs> Never did until this moment. So <laughs> Okay, so we are doing most overrated. Yeah. yeah. So I'm not saying this is the worst thing in the world. And I guess it is the definition of rom-com because it was kind of a pioneer. However, I just, I don't care about it. Um, so I don't hate this movie. Not shaming you if you love it. But When Harry Met Sally, I don't care about. I've never seen it and it seems 
a little too before my time for me to appreciate it. Maybe. I don't know. It's it's very much the, like, opposites attract, or do they? And I just, I, I've seen it once. I remember very little about it in terms of just, you know, they don't get along. They're friends, but they, they know they're not going to be together. And it's that big trope of will they or won't they. LOL. Yeah. That's the movie. All right. So that about wraps it up for... Preview questions. Yeah. We, we had enough of them. <laughs> We're going to get into Isn't It Romantic? Before we do, Courtney, do you have any predictions about this movie? I'm also supposed to say, like, what I think this movie is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So I somehow, I evaded this trailer somehow. I never once saw it in theaters. Really? It was an opposite of an Alita Battle Angel situation. <laughs> you saw it in theaters? Yeah. So I never saw a full trailer until you both decided... That this would be the movie to see, and also, guys, it's because there's nothing really in theaters right now. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of why we ended up seeing it. <laughs> there's we have, we have good plans for next week, but right now there's there's not too much going on. So I watched the trailer once I found out you guys were seeing it, and so from my takeaway, the movies it really reminded me of, mm. and I think you'll be like, "Yep," um, it really reminded me of "I Feel Pretty," with, that one the most with mm. Amy Schumer. Uh, and it's also become a big thing lately, and it feels like very lazy screenwriting to me to say, a woman hits her head. Wow, the world has changed, because there's that, there's this, there's, like, what women want, what mm-hmm. men want, the, the movie with uh Yeah, Taraji. which is a really boring way to take on what it's women want. It's a hugely want. boring way to yeah. just take on anything of, they hit their head, that sums it up. Um, that's why yeah. things are different. And it also, um, and, and why it reminds me of I Feel Pretty is because she hits her head and wakes up feeling gorgeous and all these things. And what it looked like is that Rebel Wilson ends up in a world where everyone's attracted to her or where she can land any man or she's super interesting or all the problems of real life have faded away. Um, so that reminded me of I Feel Pretty. And the other one it reminded me of, which I think is a much smarter and more clever way to take this on, is Enchanted. Mm. of a character and Disney movies exist and the real world exists so it's a great idea to bring a Disney character into the real world with Giselle suddenly falling into a parallel universe that actually exists because I believe the synopsis for Isn't It Romantic says she falls into a parallel universe So it's almost an opposite Enchanted because she falls into a better world Giselle falls into falls into reality as he calls it um I felt like those two were the vibes. My impression of the movie itself and what I think is going to happen, she's a cynical girl who is not conventionally beautiful, who has not had it all in life, who maybe has been unlucky in love, hits her head after some guy robs her and, like, throws her into a pillar at the subway. (laughs) She... Throws herself into She throws herself into it? Okay. The trailer made it look like he launched her. (laughs) (laughs) She's just clumsy. Okay. um, So she ends up in this other world, and in it, some people exist from her world. Like, I'm guessing Adam, is it Divine? Is that his name? Divine. Divine. I've always thought it was Divine. Or, sorry. I've always thought it was Divine, but I could be wrong. Adam Levine is... (laughs) In this world, and he exists in both worlds, but in this magical world... See, I thought it was going to be a musical. I thought it was going to oh. be full-blown musical numbers constantly, and then I Spotified it and realized there was only, like, two songs in it that weren't just score. Yeah. So I realized, okay, fine, boring. Um, Enchanted went there, though. <laughs> um, so she ends up in this world where, yes, everyone is on level 10 of romantic comedy, 
everyone's falling in love immediately. There's all these tropes, like her being able to land someone like Chris Hemsworth. But it's they're Lee like, Hemsworth. Liam. It's the lesser Hemsworth. Are you kidding? Wow, I didn't know that. Glad I didn't see this movie. Uh, die, Gail. <laughs> so, <laughs> so extreme over no, here. Not real. I feel like it would have been a better movie if Chris Hemsworth wasn't it. Yeah, it probably would have. I don't think that Liam was the downfall of this movie. He, he, he really wasn't. That no. bums me out. Yeah. Um, okay, so in this world she can, she can get him, but they're obviously within this PG-13 realm, and I saw that was a big joke of her always trying to jump right. his bones and it not working because yeah. it cuts to the next thing. Which honestly sounds like a nightmare, just that you can't control time and space. Yes. <laughs> like, yes. suddenly you'll jump places. I want to ask, does it ever happen where all of a sudden it's like, they're walking and then boom, they're in a coffee shop or something? This is a really exactly. good inconsistency <laughs> in okay. the film. Yeah. Yeah, I have a note on this. Okay, because that scared me. Yeah. Um, That's really yeah. interesting that you're... Very so, big inconsistency. So pretty much your prediction is... Very really on point. on point. Yeah. Okay. My final prediction then is that in this real world, it gets to be too overwhelming. The grass is not always greener. Um, she does not want to stay there. She understands that love is important. Also, while Liam Hemsworth exists, there's a counterpart to Adam Levine. <laughs> Divine. Divine. Adam Divine, where he can land any girl he wants, and so they picked Priyanka Chopra. And so he is with her. I like that we're having an easier time saying her name than Adam's. <laughs> right? Um, so he's with her in that world, but he also exists in the real world with Rebel Wilson. And at some point in this fake romantic world, she's going to fall for him. And then they'll get back to the other world somehow. And it's they'll like, be together. It's like you've seen the movie. <laughs> Yay! Courtney's yeah. winning. So okay. I think that, that you know... <laughs> hysterical though of last week was that Kayleen was like so I'm guessing there's this guy his name will probably be something like Gruishka <laughs> I'm guessing her body was an Uber Burger body uh, I don't know what that means but I think it's the if name. I were to count dismemberments I'd be like 10 <laughs> yeah um, so I feel like the reasoning for your very very accurate <laughs> very on point synopsis of yeah. what you expect this movie to be is that there really wasn't too much to this movie yeah and that yeah. was the biggest gripe. You from, saw the trailer. You saw the movie. It was yeah, one of those kind it's of like things. it's a very thin plot. Nothing really happens. Yeah, that mm. you you know. If I didn't take notes, this would be a very boring. Oh, this day. is so funny because Kayleen, you, Kayleen told me she took notes, and I expected oh, yeah. a notebook. <laughs> this is a small, small piece of paper. It's <laughs> it not even. It's not even an eight by eleven. It's like <laughs> a small piece of paper. It's like a notebook. It's like the the size of a big picture. Yep. It's like a five by seven. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, let's start it off. Okay, okay. so to open up, uh, it's the movie opens. It's Australia in the '90s, and our oh. main character Natalie is watching Pretty Women at home. Pretty woman. Pretty woman. <laughs> There's three Julia Roberts can, this time. Can you tell? Like, I've never seen I, Pretty Women before. I was going to say, Kimmy wants everyone to know she does not like romantic comedies. What is it? Prettiest woman? Uh, I've never heard of. Prettier that. man. Pretty. Pretty girl. There's an episode where Mindy Kaling is trying to explain to Dwight the movie Pretty Woman, and he goes, apparently there was this film starring Julia Roberts called Beautiful Girl. (laughs) Pretty Woman. I relate. Yeah. (laughs) She's watching it. She's really invested. She's so happy. And then her... (laughs) This is just so many problems start right from the start. Her mom comes. 
I saw uh, this was in the trailer. Yeah, it, it is? is. Yes, it yeah. Is. <laughs> so let me tell you, there's really a, a, a major lack of antagonist in this movie on the whole. Oh. I would like to point out that yeah. the main antagonist of this movie is Natalie's mother. Okay. <laughs> oh, yikes. Is she important? No. Oh, okay. She's not, but she's the she it's the beginning of the film and she says you're never going to be in love. You're too ugly. <laughs> You're much. too ugly to have a romantic fantasy. We're not like Julia Roberts. Have you seen Julia Roberts? Now look at your face. She's your paintings like are face. ugly, Vincent. <laughs> she says all these terrible things, and I think that she's drinking while she does it. And I'm like, ooh, there's some She milk. makes a wine milkshake. Yeah, she makes a wine bo- <gasps> a boxed wine milkshake. It's so gross. And she... Uh, Courtney's eyes just fell out of her skull. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, you'll never get to be with a man. You yeah. better leave all of that fantasy behind you. And oh, I'm like, wow. So the whole point of this movie is that Rebel Wilson, Natalie, needs to, you know, learn to love herself before she can, you know, share her life with somebody else. Mm-hmm. No wonder she has to freaking do that because her mom crushed her spirits right. when she was prepubescent. That seems yeah. too dark. <laughs> it's like the way they play it off. It's like, no, it's not dark. But then once you get to the end of the movie and realize what her problems were, you're like, your Damn. mom really messed you up. That's terrible. People are laughing in the theater and I was like, you guys, this is like (laughs) some major trauma that she's going through and it's going to, it's going to manifest itself in her as an adult. Kimmy were crying. (laughs) Everyone's (laughs) laughing. She's crying. She's going to need a psychiatrist later in life. (laughs) Doesn't make any sense. Okay. So it's 25 years later and Natalie is an architect in New York City. Oh, good for her. Uh, not quite. Okay. Because she's seen as this ratty, really not well-dressed, pushover in the office. Even the assistants are asking her to get coffee yeah. and fix stuff in the oh, office. Okay, because the trailer made it look like she was an intern. But no. honestly, I'm really happy she's doing something better than yeah. being a fashion magazine wannabe. Yeah. Because that's what I feel pretty was, wasn't it? Where it was like, yeah, I, work in, yeah. I work in the beauty industry. Yeah. And it's, I would much rather yeah. somebody else have a better interest as opposed to looks being it. And yeah. arch- yeah. architecture is all about looks. <laughs> 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 she, and I would just say, the problems start <coughs> off right about the time she gets into her job. We've seen her go through her whole morning routine. We've seen her apartment. See her go to her job. Ooh, describe the apartment to me. It's really a shitty apartment. Crap. There you go. Yeah. There's her a, dog her doesn't dog's dirty. to her. Her right, dog yeah. is dirty. They're like, look how bad my life is. My dog's dirty. Does she have roommates? <laughs> no. no. Okay, not an accurate portrayal of New York. <laughs> <laughs> You're obviously doing just fine. Yeah. I guess um, you're rich, Natalie. Calm down. <laughs> yeah. Maybe vacuum. She also, um, I guess, doesn't do her hair and makeup as well, and somehow that means her life is crappier. Yeah. And, uh... Again, a simple fix. Yeah, you could do that time. yourself, but whatever. Yeah. Let's just brush that under the rug. One day I, I would hope that, you know, somebody who is, you know, portrayed as not attractive or desirable, you know, in in the movie similar to this, it isn't because she doesn't dress well and right. does her makeup. A real life uh, thing is that there's people out there who are really well kept and who are very attractive and they just don't have love lives. Right. I think that would be a more interesting right. movie than, you know, this girl's ugly. And she again, can't get you, love. You can still um, have your crappy apartment. It doesn't mean you can't wash your dog. Yeah. So, um, Natalie only has two friends in the office Josh and her assistant Whitney. Oh, is Josh played by Andrew Reynolds or no? No. Josh is Adam Devine. Thank you. Yeah. And Whitney? Yeah. Is that Priyanka? No. Whitney's some other chick. 
That's we what like, I thought. We oh, like Whitney. I saw her in the trailer. She was, like, being snarky. But She's really way. cute, yeah. Okay. She's like, why don't you like rom-coms? Yeah. Yes, so. that one. She's the fair-weather friend. Yeah. yeah. Because she's the straight guy, but... No, no works. She's we'll, just we'll get a, to why we like her, but yeah. she okay. ended up being kind really. of the only interesting one, and they really should have used her more. Yeah, Ooh, she I'm was very underutilized. <laughs> I'm glad you felt that way, too, because Kimmy and I didn't talk about that until today, and I definitely mm-hmm. had a note on liking her. So. Oh, nice. Yeah. So they get a new handsome billionaire client, Blake. Yeah. That's Liam Hemsworth. Who's American. This is important. <laughs> oh, right. He's Australian. Yeah. Yeah. <coughs> uh, oh, okay. Um, Blake's really mean to Natalie. He mistakes her also for the coffee girl. Yeah. And um, later, Natalie catches her assistant Whitney watching The Wedding Singer and crying, and she tells her, no, you can't watch movies at the office, but they're really good friends, and they talk about how it's so nice that they're two female workers in the office who aren't pitted against each other like they usually are in a romantic comedy. Oh, so it passes the Bechdel test. That's nice. The Bechdel (coughs) test? The Bechdel test, where a movie has to include two women with names who talk to each other at one point oh. about something other than a man. Wow. <laughs> so few movies pass it. Wow. Natalie goes on a three-hour rant telling her assistant... three-hour rant. rant? It really is a three-hour rant. Telling her assistant why rom-coms are no good and why she shouldn't have those in her life and talks about every single trope that's ever existed in a rom-com yeah. and how stupid it is. Yeah. So it's laid out for us on the table. Okay? So Every trope. What this scene did for me is it said, audience, I do not trust that you've seen romantic comedies and that you're <laughs> going to understand this movie unless I tell all of the tropes to you. Oh, wow. Even though, what kind of person is seeing Isn't It Romantic if they haven't seen romantic comedies? For sure. So I was pretty annoyed. That whole scene, I was like, okay, I already know what I'm going to see in her reality. Like, yeah. I already know. Because um, you just told them all to me. No surprises now. Okay. Piggybacking yeah. off of that, a lot of stuff that's set up as exposition and intro stuff kind of sets up what I believe to be is going to be the end of the movie. Right. For example, Josh um, tries to ask Natalie out. <clears throat> that's Adams. Yeah. Okay. He tries to ask her on a bowling day or a karaoke day or something like that. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> Oh, they're together in Pitch Perfect, too. Yeah. Oh, that's sweet. Um, and she brushes him off and says, oh, no, thanks, I'm really bad at karaoke, I don't want to do it, right? Doesn't realize it's a date, she just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Oh. She sits down at her desk, which outlooks a window, um, a billboard of Priyanka Chopra, who is a model in this universe. In reality. Okay, and yeah. she's looking at her, like, out on the street, or what? No, she's all on a billboard. You can see from her... Oh, a billboard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And she turns over her shoulder, and Josh is looking at her, Right. At Natalie. At Natalie. Very clearly looking at Natalie adoringly. Yeah, to the audience, it's clear. And Natalie harumphs and looks out at the billboard and (laughs) realizes that he must be looking at this gorgeous model and then tells her friend, all he does is look out the window at this model. (laughs) He's not looking at me. (laughs) I'm ugly. My mom says. (laughs) And I'm sitting there like. Even though that was 30 years ago. The end of this movie. She never mentions her mom, by the way. It's just very clear. Yeah. <laughs> she suppressed all of her early yeah, childhood exactly. memories. But we know. <laughs> and um, I'm sitting in my seat like, I bet the end of this movie is... No, no, no. No, no, no. Oh. Next scene. Okay. Next scene. <laughs> <laughs> this is important. Because <laughs> she says this out loud. Next scene. And again, we're maybe two, three scenes in the movie now. 
We've had mom office. Now. We had mom apartment office. office. Now we're outside. Okay. And she's with Josh, Natalie, and Josh are getting coffee or something, and other parts of the scene don't matter, but basically something happens where I don't remember the exact dialogue, but it's very clear in this moment that he is like, oh, the best friends usually get together. Ha ha, wink wink. And in my head I go, alright, this is Mark Ruffalo in 13 going on 30 100%. Okay. And then Kimmy turns to me and she goes, can we leave? I know how this is going to (laughs) end. I was like, yep, I think I do too. Nice. Okay. So. Any, uh, any, um, if anybody (laughs) wants a a bet on how this movie is going to end, I dare ya. I dare ya. To bet you? Yeah. Like, bet against? Yeah. Why would I bet something stupid? Why would I bet against something you know for sure? Why are you, Kimmy's like making direct eye contact with me, like, (laughs) actually being like, do you want to bet something else will happen? No, Kimmy, I don't. (laughs) I need 20 bets. Do you want to bet this racehorse with one leg will win? (laughs) (laughs) One leg? My goodness. Um, Natalie takes the... He's a lead up (laughs) Before Natalie leaves to go back home for the day, Whitney tells her... You would be noticed by people more if you were more open to receiving them. Mm. Be oh, okay. open. I saw that in the trailer. Yeah. Natalie takes the subway home and she's she like making eyes at someone. Yeah, yeah, someone in the other train car, right? Yeah. She hears her friend in her mind saying, Be open. <laughs> do they really do that? Yeah. As I, if I they don't they trust do. us to remember what happened ten seconds That's ago. That's kind of a running theme of the whole movie. Yikes. That I don't know specifically if they do for that part, but I wouldn't be surprised because they do that the entire movie. I kind They're of like, recall. You guys don't remember anything about anything, do you? Um, this man meets up with her at the train stop. And attacks her and tries to get her purse. They fight for her purse, and while she's trying to run away, she knocks herself unconscious. Sad. Yeah. Right. So she get. Yeah. It's it's a. Pretty, I bet her purse has been stolen now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a pretty lengthy fight, and you're like, well, I know how it's gonna end, but it, she's doing okay, and then she gets her purse and she starts to run and and. It's not right behind her either. She runs a good four or five steps before she runs into the pole. I was a little bit like, okay. Is it meant to be like intense physical physical comedy? Because like Rebel Wilson's kind of a physical comedian. It is. Yes and no. She keeps doing this. She's consistently doing this one joke where she runs and falls into stuff. And there was a trailer for that one movie. Yeah. Was it with Anne Hathaway that she's going to be in? The Hustle, right? Where she does the same thing. Yeah. Uh, She, like, runs and hurdles over something and falls and, like, and people laugh. And I'm really just at the point where it's, like, it's 2019. We don't have to laugh at that stuff anymore. She falls down a lot. That was her... So much of Pitch Perfect 3 was her falling down. In Pitch Perfect 3. If there's anything Uh, I hate more than... Um, comedies. It's slap comedy. Slapstick. Slapstick. I just really think it's mm. it's. We, if a we don't stick need to. Is involved. They better not be <laughs> slapping it. <laughs> Nobody asked for that. Dude, you know what this stick does? It's Fucking slaps. slaps. <laughs> <laughs> I just think that's you know, a callback to whenever we talk about songs, we smack each other in the face because you know what this song does? It slaps. <laughs> Natalie wakes up in a hospital and she's greeted by this McSteamy looking McSteamy. doctor. No, that's a name. Yeah. What are the names from Grey's Mc- Anatomy? It's McDreamy and McSteamy. Yep. Those are their actual names? No, that's what that's they the call them behind them. their backs. Oh, okay. They say it in the show. That, oh, that's they say it in the show. That's McDreamy I knew about. McDreamy is Patrick Dempsey and McSteamy is um, Dr. Sloan. I can't remember what his real name is. Oh. Uh, he tries to help her. He realizes how 
beautiful that she is. She's really unnerved. Oh, wait, who plays him? It's Rando. just a random oh. guy. Um, when she walks out into New York City, she realizes that it doesn't smell bad. Yeah. And there's a lot of flowers everywhere. And it looks like the good place. <laughs> and you know what line I don't think they say in the movie, but they say in the trailer, she goes, it looks like they put a filter on New York City. I don't think they say that in I can't the movie. remember. I can't remember. That seemed kind of voiceover-y, though, where they yes. might have added it to the trailer or something, yeah. She walks into the street, and she gets hit by a limo. <laughs> so she's really not having very oh, good... So Oh, but is a meat cute about to happen? It is. It's yeah. Liam Hemsworth. <laughs> it's Blake. He's suddenly Australian. Which was oh. my favorite thing. I because like honestly, when he was American in the beginning, he didn't say much and I didn't really it didn't click in my brain he was American. And he gets out of the car and he starts speaking and she goes, Were you Australian before? And I'm like, that's hysterical. He's nicer to her suddenly Mm -hmm. and is very taken with her. He says that she's so beguiling. Mm -hmm. And that... He says that. He says that word. Oh, I feel like I've seen that in the trailer. He's like, you're so beguiling. Yeah. Yeah. In a couple minutes, he has decided to give her his number by writing each individual digit on a different pedal from a rose. Oh that that part was very funny. Pulling the pedals <laughs> yeah, off of the rose I like and dumping them into her hat. <laughs> and That's he, awesome. She's like, he, she's like, wait, how am I supposed to dial this? And he's like, I just gave you all the numbers. And she goes, there are, I don't even know how many combinations that this could yeah. possibly be. And that he goes, honestly, call me. Natalie walks into her apartment and it's so much nicer oh, I remember. I saw that. and gorgeous. Her dog oh, wait, wait, is wait, wait, clean. Wait, wait, wait. Sorry. Just because this is in order of events. So this is outside of the hospital, right? That the limo hits her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, he hasn't given her the phone number yet. He's like, let me drive you to your apartment, right? So they drive and, and there's, you know, ridiculous stuff going on, like birds in the shape of a heart outside. And they, uh. they there's a little time jump where they show them driving over the bridge. They get to her apartment and she goes... Wow, there was no traffic. It seems like we got here really fast, like 18 seconds or something. Oh, okay. Meaning that what we just watched, she experienced in real time. That only gets used about two times. Every other time we get a scene jump, it doesn't affect her at all. Oh. Which okay. was very frustrating. Well, maybe she got used to it by that time. If you're going to use that gimmick, yeah. you'd think you would bring it. It's just. I think you might it, get exhausted it, by it, though. I, it didn't seem like she was committed. It didn't. Okay. It, it didn't. What, Kimmy? I'm just upset that you're taking this so well, and you were not okay with the fact that Alita doesn't have a good digestion system. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kimmy, I didn't see this movie, but also the stakes are so much lower in this yeah. movie. Yes. Whereas with Alita, I was like, you know, it's a sci-fi um, fantasy. <laughs> To me, means you better be realistic. <laughs> I'm looking for interstellar level commitment. Here's the thing with all of my issues with this film, with the fact that they throw tropes down our throat, but then other times won't mention tropes. Uh, and then you know the th- the bit about wow, only 18 seconds has passed, and then they try to use that gimmick later when she's trying to have sex with Liam Hemsworth. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And it just feels like they don't know what they're doing. It doesn't feel like... It's not committed. It's not committed. <laughs> it feels like they use things sometimes, but they don't really know when or where it's appropriate and how to get it across. So they just kind of flail about using stuff sometimes. So, she goes back to her apartment. It's now gorgeous and huge. She has a 
gigantic closet. Everything is fantastic. Her dog is clean. What kind of dog is it? It's like a Bichon frizz or something well, like it's that. It's a, a little white fluffy dog. It's, it's the, the same the, dog. It's the same dog, but okay, this good. one is clean and has a better haircut. Also, her next door neighbor, who was previously this really grubby stoner, is now her flamboyant gay best friend. Named Donnie. Mm-hmm. Natalie goes to work. Well, and that scene in the trailer is... it. It is a very funny scene when she's like, so you're telling me somebody came and broke into your house, replaced all oh. your stuff with nicer stuff, and mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, exactly, that's my problem. She goes, okay, bye. That's, yeah, a, good, she that's goes, a good part. Mm, bye. But you've seen it in the trailer. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Um, she she's calls 911. No, I know, but 911 would never do that. Yeah. <laughs> 911 stays on the phone with you until they're aware that you're okay. This is what Courtney's upset about in the movie, <laughs> not the fact that Guys, they're inconsistent. I went through dispatcher training. I know what it's about. <laughs> yeah. Um, Natalie shows up to work, and everything is so much better. Her, her whole office is, like, a really elite, fancy, it looks like a magazine company that yeah. would traditionally be in a movie like this, but it's still an architect company. Okay. And she realizes that her best friend Whitney doesn't work for her anymore. She's actually her arch nemesis in the office. And her hair is super beautiful and straight. It kind of looks like Emily Blunt's hair in Devil Wears Prada. She has her makeup all done. She's wearing high heels. And she's such a bitch. And I wrote down, I love bitchy Whitney. She was so much more fun than regular Whitney. Bitchy Whitney sounds like a great ABC series. (laughs) (laughs) It's me, bitchy Whitney. And it's revealed that... um, that they are taking on the trope of the two women that yeah. are really well yeah, yeah. working oh, in the like, office. That's interesting. It okay. is, isn't it? And yeah. then they never talk about it for the rest of the movie. We don't see Whitney ever again. No! <laughs> <laughs> Until the end when she's regular Whitney again. Okay, so I just think it'd be fun maybe uh, like to throw this movie upside down on its head if it were more about female friendship and if it was mm-hmm. about them coming together. Maybe they started off as rivals. I mean, I kind of wish yeah. the story was know. more focused on getting them to be friends or something than it was about the romance. You know what I yeah. mean? If the yeah. point of the story... if Or if that was a side plot was, no, we can be friends, we don't have to be enemies, which I kind of thought... Might be part of the plot. It wasn't. We never see her again. Wow. Okay. So she's gone. I think this is the only time we even go in the office. No, we go into the office a couple times. Do we? Okay. She comes in at the end, though, right? Whitney? Yeah. Okay, good. Okay. So, um, unlike in 13 Going on 30, where Jenna kind of realizes, she kind of just, like, accepts everything, and she's like, this is my life now, the entire time, Natalie is just... What? What? I don't understand. Everything's just so weird. Yeah. How do I get out of here is her... She finds Josh, and she thinks that he's normal, and... Does she think he's in on it and that she can explain it to him a la... They go on a walk, and they go and try and explain it, and he's like, I don't think that you're crazy. Oh, she tries to explain it. She tries to explain it. He's he's part of this imaginary world, too, but he's on her side. And he's really no different. And he's like, I'll try and help you. Um, figure things out, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Suddenly, there's a woman choking, and Josh goes over to help her and give her the Heimlich. Dun dun dun! It's Priyanka Chopra. Oh, also, you okay. know what I really appreciated because <laughs> I just thought it was funny is when she starts choking and Josh goes, "I need to help her." Natalie goes, "She's probably just exaggerating to get attention," and I was like, ah. <laughs> <laughs> "Um." Priyanka turns around and they immediately want to go on a date right now. Yeah. Right right away. Oh, that's cute. 
Uh, yeah, except for Rebel Wilson is still like, what are you talking about? You just met her. You don't even know her. <coughs> and at this point, I'm far more uh, than um, past the point of... Uh, enjoying this whole like denial thing that Natalie is doing mm. for this entire movie. I'm like, get over it already. Natalie's walking around the park. She's randomly tripping on stuff and clumsily running into and handsome verbally, men. Verbally saying, oh, why am I tripping? <laughs> and again, pointing it out because we female. don't know how to watch movies. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, she, and she wasn't clumsy in her world. No. Okay. And that was one of the tropes she pointed out beforehand. Also, suddenly okay. everybody breaks into dancing. Yeah, and what song do they sing? Is it a new song or an old song? Uh, I don't remember. It's just kind of like a little dance sequence that they do, and she screams to the camera, I'm in a romantic comedy that's PG-13! Yeah. And I am ready to walk out of the theater. (laughs) (laughs) Natalie goes around trying to undo everything uh, and try and knock herself out or get someone to rob her and punch her. Oh. Oh, right. She creeps everybody out. They think it's super weird. Yeah. Um, she attempts to jump in front of a train. But yikes, she's, yikes. But she's, yeah, let me, yeah. you know what's logical? Let me just try to kill myself. Mm-hmm. With no fear of real death. That's a bummer. Yeah. Okay. Um, Especially, like, I'm sorry, you've only been there an hour. <laughs> like, yeah. calm down. Yeah. She's arrested by a cop because she's... A uh, sexy cop? Yeah, he is a sexy cop. She, she thinks he's trying to hit on her because he catches her in a really sexy way, and then he arrests her. He's like, okay. no, you're publicly, you're disturbing the peace. You yeah. have public endangerment. And okay. she, uh, she gets one phone call, right? <laughs> she still has the flower petals from Blake. Yeah. She blows them out of her hand onto the floor, and they arrange into a perfect number. Yeah, perfect line. She, that was pretty funny. She That's, calls him up. It was up, predictable, but very funny. And Blake bails her out of jail. Natalie decides that the only way that she can get out of this rom-com world is if she can get Blake to fall in love with her. Liam. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, after realizing this, she goes home to Donnie, her new gay best friend, okay. and does a makeover montage, which she abhors. But they don't do the montage. They don't which do the montage. She abhors it. Okay. Natalie goes on a date with Blake on his yacht, and he has special... Uh, chefs on board mm. to make her all this food. Mm-hmm. And um, um, I would like to point out one of the fun facts at this moment oh. that I remember. Um, I guess I haven't seen Pretty Woman enough times to have caught these, even though in retrospect I realized that I do recognize both of them. At least two of her outfits were the exact replicas of Julia Roberts' really? outfits from Pretty Woman. The red dress that she wears on the yacht is the red dress she wears when he snaps her hand in the box. Oh. And then she also wears that outfit with the fancy hat. The white one? The white one. That's what she's wearing when she gets out of the hospital. That was the lost and found clothes. I would have preferred if it was her short wig and her sex worker overalls. Oh, man. (laughs) That would have made more sense to find in the lost and found. That's fair. Okay, that's fun. Okay. Do you think there were other fun Easter eggs like that? Uh, Maybe as far as again? Um, well, there was a thing that said, you know, they're paying homage to this movie, this movie, and this movie. Oh. One of them was The Fault in Our Stars, which I That doesn't win. seem old enough to pay homage to. I don't know to. when they would have. Do you know when they would have no. done that? I can't pull that out. Were they on a bench? Was M83 playing? Um, Let's just watch The Fault in Our Stars, guys. <laughs> and so. <laughs> um, the date goes well. It ends with them... Uh, stealing some ice cream from a ice cream parlor. 
Um, and having Stealing a, it how? Like, the whole they, time? They, they just walk in. Because it's closed. They break oh, in. That's yeah. cute and yeah. rom-com-y. Yeah. Uh, they end it with a dipped kiss in the middle of the street. Yeah. Right? In, and then it starts raining while they're kissing. Yes. Very, okay. very tropey. Yeah. I, this is the thing, when Kimmy and I were discussing this movie after having seen it, I told her there was one scene I didn't want to bring up because I wanted to hear her thoughts on it Mm. before I talked about it. What were your opinions on their banter in the ice cream parlor? My answer is that I didn't like the banter. Okay. Okay. I just, it, again, this whole movie is very confusing because I never, their intentions the entire time were very unclear. Yeah. Do you want me to like these tropes or not? Do you want to use them to your advantage or do you want to use them for humor? That's a great, because in this, synopsis of it then. In this scene, all this banter about the ice cream seemed very much like they were playing into tropes, but I don't think that they were. I think they meant for the audience to feel that they were having a fun connection. I think And it was such dumb dialogue to I just be really, bonding over. I don't believe their relationship, and part of me is like, is that really smart? Because, you know, if you haven't figured it out yet, they're not supposed to end up together. <laughs> um, well, yeah. So, if is it too good to be true? Is it too well thought out to be a realistic exactly. relationship? You know, and, and I think that that, you know, altogether, this movie is not smart enough to go in that direction. Would be hysterical that, yeah. as if it were. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, and right. as, if, as if we're meant to buy into it, even though we know we're not going to. I don't know, guys. Maybe it is that meta. <laughs> it's that level where you it's meta and you don't know. And maybe you feel as if they are supposed to <laughs> it's be falling for each other, but no, they don't. I think that if, if they You wanted- know what? I think this is the best movie of 2019. <laughs> I'm just going to say that. All right. <laughs> Generation. I think that if the I think that if the movie was meant to be executed well, okay. then they would you would have at least bought into their relationship a little bit. So then when the we, realization is yeah. that she's not meant to be with this guy, it's a little bit more yeah. oh yeah, I'm learning a lesson here instead of no, you're not supposed to be with this dude this entire time. You never mm. think they're supposed to be together. Mm-hmm. You always are waiting for the moment that she realizes they're not supposed yeah, to be together. Yeah, they're very much two puzzle pieces that don't fit together. Yeah. Okay. Um and she's just so like bring on Josh. Yeah. Yeah. They, now go, they go back, back to, the to the apartment to have hers, some hers. naughty time, yeah. right? And as you've probably seen in the trailer, they launch at each other and she wakes up perfectly done up, yeah. makeup, hair, everything great. Yeah. Blake Tells Natalie that he loves her, but... Doesn't break the spell. Doesn't break the spell. No. Uh, she thought I love you would break the spell? She yeah, thought them if she gets him to in fall love. in love with her. Yeah. Why? How in, on earth does that she, factor into this? Because she realized they're in a rom-com, so she thought, well, that I doesn't guess... Mean, oh, she thought, like, her life would end because the rom-com She ends? thought that this dream world would end because she goes, well, that's how rom-coms end. The two people fall in love, and then the rom-com's over, so that's what I have to do to break the spell. Yeah, it's early on in her time in this world. She hasn't even been there 24 hours when she realizes she was wrong about... Yeah, she sounds like she's rushing everything. Like, she went five yes. minutes before trying to throw herself in front exactly. of the train. Uh, Natalie's visited by Josh while she tries to construct a big architecture um, mock-up for this the thing they called the big meeting. They're always like, Natalie, you better be ready <laughs> for the big, big meeting. meeting. At your business job <laughs> yeah. at the business factory? Yes. <laughs> okay. He brings Chinese food. They laugh and joke together. Oh my together. god, that's so wrong going. And, yeah, yes. no, okay. So this this is an example of what I wish the movie was like. 
The Chinese takeout was not something that they ever pointed out in either the pre-tropes or when it was happening. She was never saying something along the lines of, oh, I get it, Chinese takeout. They never pointed it out, but it was such a good... If you've seen any rom-coms, you know that this always happens. That's what I wish the movie was like. Uh... So while Josh and Natalie are eating this Chinese food, they're joking and laughing together. There's some genuine chemistry there. No, duh. But it's interrupted by Blake, who comes in and is very condescending to Josh and kind of kicks him out. Yeah. Okay, okay, I'll get out of here. Um, Natalie and Blake run into Josh and uh, Isabella, which is Priyanka. Oh, that's her name? Is that her name in the other world, too? Yeah. Okay. Is it Isabella? We don't know that. We don't know anything about her in the real world. No. And um, they have a really good relationship, or so it seems. Priyanka is very doting of Josh, kind of in the way that Blake is overly doting okay. of Natalie. Yeah. And, um... Oh, is, so is Priyanka not a good guy? Is she? No, she's not a good guy. Oh, but she, she is the Blake like, equivalent of females. Like I said earlier, okay. nobody's really particularly the antagonist, really, in this. Yeah. Um, but but I, still, I, I guess just, she would be. She's technically honestly. the antagonist. I just don't want to... To not like her, I, I like that she would come in and it. See, I thought the 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 big twist would be that they were madly in love, and there's no ill will, and there's no bad blood amongst them, and that mm. Isabella is nice, and that she just wishes she could be in her position, and then maybe in this primo world, Rebel Wilson is like, oh, I'm still not everything because I still can't even get the dopey dum dum. <laughs> Well, I would say this is the point in the movie where we realize that Isabella's not a good guy because we approach them, oh, hey, it's you guys. Oh, hey, Isabella knows Blake. Oh, no way. Oh, we should all four of us hang out. And she's talking about how much she loves Josh, and she goes, do the thing, do the thing. And he makes this really mushed up face where he has, like, four chins. I love it. And she calls him mush, right? Yeah. And it's her thing where she thinks it's really funny to make him do this ugly face, and she's like, mush, because his face is all mush. Isn't it yeah. cute? Mush. Yeah. And it, but it's this really demeaning thing, and he doesn't really Aww. like to do it, and it's very yeah. clear that she's not a good oh, guy. Oh, so it's like the truffle shuffle from Goonies? Yeah, kind of. Kind of. And See, because that's fun when, like, I like it when best friends have that. Like, on Broad City, she's always like, do that face I hate. Oh, yeah, <laughs> but but it's not cute. So it's, it's not It's like demeaning. Yeah. yeah. That's Sucks. It's really yeah. clear that Blake and Isabella have chemistry. Mm-hmm. Um, they okay. even say it because, as we know, the audience can't be trusted during this <laughs> film. They say, oh, wow, you guys seem to have a lot of chemistry. Oh, my gosh, they even <laughs> say the word chemistry? Yes. Um, Yikes. Josh okay. and Isabella invite Natalie and Blake to the Hamptons for this small, really, um, uh, it's really not a small get-together. It's a giant blowout party mm. at the Hamptons. Um, Natalie and Josh kind of take a stroll together where Josh admits that back in the old days, he used to fawn over her all the time and Natalie never knew. Natalie realizes that she's supposed to be with Josh and not Blake, but before she can say anything, uh, Isabella and Josh announce that this isn't just a party. Is that it is- party? It's a wedding. It's a wedding. Oh, it's a wedding. Yeah. But but yeah, now that you say it, it it isn't quite a wedding. The wedding ends up being the next day. So it's yeah. almost like this weekend is a wedding. We tricked you. Yeah. We tricked you. We tricked, we tricked you. you. 
Um, <clears throat> please tell me we're like at least seventy. We should. We should like, have huge predictions before we we went any further. Um, we kind of missed the halfway point a while back. So yeah. why don't we? I didn't really think that there's going to be any outlandish predictions at this point. It's not. Yeah. Do you have but, any? No. I mean, as far as storytelling too, I feel like this is a good halfway point because it's kind of the. I guess this is kind of getting to the crux. Yeah. Okay, within the crux, I very much doubt that Rebel Wilson would, like, do the thing in, in weddings where it's like, I object. That doesn't seem like where okay. this movie's going. Guess. Unless, is that where this movie's I'm going? I'm not telling you. Okay, apparently Rebel Wilson <laughs> is going to say, I object, and she's going to confess her love. I, I don't know, like, Priyanka's going to end up with Liam. And also, I don't really care. I just kind of am ready to hear the ending of this, because, like, I get it. <laughs> yeah. That's how we felt watching it. Um, there's, I just feel like there's so many movies like this of, I know, I know what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. We can all be the star of our own rom-com. Give life a chance. Or maybe it's yeah. just live alone, <laughs> die in a hole. I really don't know. Yeah. So give it to me. Yeah. That night, everybody heads over to the local bar. It's uh, talked about earlier in the film that nope. Natalie is really against karaoke. Everyone heads over to the bar for karaoke. Mm-hmm. Um, Isabella sings a beautiful song. She's really good at it. And she bullies Natalie into singing a song, too, even though she's really against it. This is also, this scene, Isabella just gets super bitchy, and we realize she's actually a huge bitch. Like, yeah. she's no longer, there's no charm left. She's I don't just like really that. bitchy. Yeah. So she's. Because, like, it I don't may, know. They definitely go, oh, did you guys like these characters? Well, we don't want that. Here, hate them both. They're very bad. Yeah. See, I yeah. don't like that. I like it when mean girls are at least redemptive in some way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Natalie goes up to sing, I want to dance with somebody. Yeah. Okay. Um, but the waitress accidentally unplugs the mic. It's super embarrassing. But Natalie keeps singing. And suddenly, everybody joins in. It's a musical number. Yeah. Okay. A really, really fun... Very unbelievable, but that's the point. Um, mm-hmm. Like, people are get, taking shots that are on beat, and people are Aww. singing beautifully, like, as very obviously pre-recorded on purpose. It's oh, yeah. like, you know, that type of a thing. It's very funny. The dance is really fun. Okay. Very 13 going on 30 thriller-esque. Um, <clears throat> in the morning... Natalie wakes up to hear Blake on the phone trying to pass off her great architectural idea (gasps) as his own. Snake. Right? Blake the snake. He defends himself saying, don't worry, you won't need to work when you're with me. Yeah. Which she... Why? What's his job at the job factory? He's really... Bigger uh, job guy. He's like a big entrepreneur or something like that. He's a client of the architecture company. I'm the boss of the job factory. (laughs) It says he's a billionaire at the beginning. Okay. Um, she breaks up with him because she's like, I like to work. I'm actually a really independent woman. Uh, okay. Why are you saying that? Like, it's a huge reveal. (laughs) (laughs) Is it not? Is it not a reveal? Ooh. I'm not surprised is the answer. (laughs) You're not surprised that it's... Stop talking to me that way. (laughs) (laughs) That's how the movie talked to us for an hour and a half. And then again, was it supposed to? I feel like if I were to have these arguments on the internet, the internet would go, no, they Ooh, that'd be interesting. Guys, should we get into some YouTube fights on the trailer for this movie? <laughs> Natalie then realizes that she for sure loves Josh, and she has to stop the wedding. 
Which oh my I, gosh, does she really? Yeah, oh so gosh. you were wrong, Courtney. Ah, she does do it. No, I was still right. She well, goes, you were a little wrong, you'll see. She runs to the ultimate rom com cliche of, you know, Christian doing music, slow mo running, yeah. mm. complete with Rebel Wilson esque holding her boobs as she runs because they're too heavy for her That's body. That's funny, actually. It was funny. It is. You okay. know what wasn't funny? When she goes, I'm running in slow mo. That's not funny. Natalie makes it to the church. She opens the church doors. And she launches into this big speech where she thinks that at the end she's going to profess her love to Josh. But at the very end, she realizes that she loves herself. Yuck. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. That's not it, it. Honestly, it was... Wait, the idea is, of it was very sweet. Okay, because the idea sounds stupid. I want to hear more detail. Well, it's just... Because I think the details would be more interesting it's, to me. It's just that she she goes into this big speech about them being best friends and how they should be together, this and that, and she wants to say, you know, and I'm realizing that I... I forget exactly how she says it. Maybe something along the lines of, I needed to break the spell, like, I needed to find out that I was in love with you, uh-huh. but she realizes... I need to love myself. And she kind of, I think, even has flashbacks of when she was a kid. Yeah. And realizing. So it, um, the idea was sweet. I don't know if it was quite executed great, but it, it was like, yeah. So how I'm do glad we... that this movie wasn't you need to fall in love with someone. It was you really just need to learn to love yourself because your whole oh, life like you've been that. told you shouldn't. Oh. Yeah, so that was sweet. I was kind of not, I mean, the whole movie didn't let me be on board, so I wasn't really there for it, That's but fair. I liked the message. Do you um, think do you think the movie maybe it was their marketing that didn't get you on board? Their casting, their premise? I well, think it was their writing. Yeah. No, but, but I mean to even get your butts in the theater. I really liked the trailer. I think it reminded me a lot of I Feel Pretty as well. Okay. But I think I Feel Pretty did this in a better way. Because it was the same idea. I Feel Pretty was, at the end of the day, you need to love yourself. Um, Um, I actually really did um, like um, I Feel Pretty, you know? I did, too, because... I absolutely loved their use of Michelle Williams. She was yeah, hysterical. Michelle Williams is great. That was, I've never seen her do comedic acting. That is awesome yeah. that she did that. I Feel Pretty is by no means a perfect movie. No, I no, saw no, it once is. and I'm yeah. not going to see it again. Um, but it, it was funny and it was fine. It just, to me, I feel pretty. When I saw the trailer and then I saw the movie, I went, yes, this is the comedy I signed up for when I watched yeah, the yeah, trailer. Yeah. This one, I went in going, this is the comedy I want from the movie. And when I saw a lot of those scenes from the trailer, I went, this is really not hitting those notes I thought it would. It mm-hmm. was overall pretty unfulfilling. Yeah. As a huge musical theater nerd, and Rebel Wilson <clears throat> has done singing in her movie, she's been in a trilogy of singing, I expected mm-hmm. musical numbers. I thought that's what it was. I thought well, it was... Well, hold on. <laughs> there's there's yeah. another. Let us finish so we'll this. Okay, but, no, We're almost but done. Two, two is not enough. I thought there was going to make seven. Oh, no. I don't think I would have wanted that, nope. honestly. I would have. I would have been there for that. I <laughs> thought it was a musical. <laughs> okay. Um, so, 
She wakes up from the dream. She is still in the hospital. She was in a coma. She wakes up and there's this really... I'm sorry. The doctor that she wakes up to is also handsome and she's like, oh no, I haven't broken the spell. Oh, yeah. And then the other... I don't want this. The other, the real doctor who looks um, He's very like an old crotchety, pushes him out of the way and he goes, oh, that's just an actor practicing for a role. Stupid actors. <laughs> Get these stupid actors out of my hospital. She rips the IV uh, out of her arm. There's a really, what I'm supposed is supposed to be a comical blood spurt out of her arm, Ew. which I find super grotesque and not at all funny. <laughs> she runs home and she's happy to see that her lousy apartment is intact. And, and her dog like is crap. dirty again. Does she like kiss her gross dog? She yes. does. Yeah. Outside, she finds that Donnie is actually gay in real life. He's just a stoner and not stereotypically flamboyant. Which, that part I like, too, because a guy comes out of the apartment and she goes, wait, you're still gay? And he goes, yeah, why did you not think I was gay? And he goes, oh, did you want me to talk like this? And then both of them just do stereotypes back and forth mm. for a good minute and yeah, a half. That was, that was good pretty part. funny. She returns to work and she reaffirms her friendship with Whitney when mm-hmm. he's back. You know, that's nice. Normal, um, boring Whitney. <laughs> she makes it clear to Whitney that she cannot watch rom-coms in the office anymore. She says one a week. One a week. <laughs> Which um, is still too many. She then goes... The amount of movies I watch at work per week is zero. So. <laughs> <laughs> she then goes to deliver her presentation to the boss and Blake, who is back to being American again. No. Um, I don't think we talked about this, but... Um, Natalie's job at the architecture company is to build parking garages. And I don't think, though, they make it seem as though her big... She has such little self-confidence that in her wildest dreams, they pick her idea for the parking garage. And I don't even think they always do. Mm-hmm. So she goes in there. She's supposed to have her parking garage pitch, and she's like, but wait. There's more. She makes this big statement about how, and me and, Cor- <laughs> me and Kayleen were talking about this in the car. Yeah. She makes this big statement about how the first thing I'd like to talk about in my presentation is the parking garage. Parking garages are dank and dark. Nobody really looks at them. But if you open them up. No. <laughs> Put a little bit of windows on there. You can find out that the parking garage is a beautiful place. It's the heart of the whole building. <laughs> if you put windows on a parking garage, they would bake like an oven. <laughs> Basically, she's saying, guys, it's me in the parking garage. I'm the parking garage in this situation. Don't put windows on a parking garage. You will cook people and cars. <laughs> um, <laughs> it's a greenhouse effect. All do the cars not melt. do that. <laughs> There's um, a reason they're open air. Everybody loves her idea. She's congratulated. Of windows on them? Yes. <laughs> Great, a whole bunch of kids and dogs just died. <laughs> Natalie goes over to Josh's cubicle and tells him that that he shouldn't fantasize about the billboard in front of her cubicle desk anymore. Wait, tell me how she says it. Is she being condescending? No, she's like... No, she's 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 basically saying, I love myself. Why don't you love me? Why do you love these girls that are so shallow? And then... We've been here and done this, okay? Josh goes, wait. Sit where I'm sitting. And he goes over to where Natalie normally sits and turns around and realizes that from where Josh is sitting, he can't even see the billboard. He's been looking at Natalie the whole time. (laughs) And if you didn't find out that that was what the end of the movie was going to be at the beginning 10 minutes of the movie, I don't know how to help you. (laughs) Um, Okay, so this part I want to talk about because it really, really grinded my gears. Yeah. (laughs) So... 
she says the whole speech. He's like, I've been looking at you the whole time. And then, oh my gosh, Josh, no way. Let's I've make out in the middle of the office. The whole time. Oh my gosh, Josh, let's make out in the office. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like Courtney's drunk. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I've just had a lot of water. <laughs> drunk on live, baby. I've never been this hydrated before. <laughs> Um, so, yeah, so they, she's like, oh my gosh, no way. So then they go in, they're making out right in the office, and, uh, one of the few tropes she pointed out in the beginning, one of the few, not few, sorry, she pointed out a lot of tropes in the beginning, but one of the few tropes she pointed out that they didn't, uh, circle back to is how in all these rom-coms, HR is never around, and people are just making out in the office and nobody cares. At the end of the movie, they're making out in the office for minutes at a time, and I'm just sitting there going, so do you want me to think this is a rom-com or not? Because HR is not around, and no one cares that you're making out in the middle of the office. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. That's the problem with meta movies, I guess. <laughs> well, so you have to you have to you follow have to through where your line is. Yeah. Speaking of meta movies, Natalie walks out for coffee. She's greeted downstairs by Whitney, who points out that now that her real life is essentially like rom com, doesn't she feel like she needs to have a musical number? <laughs> And then she they, says that to Whitney? Yes. No. Also, Whitney says When he says it to her. Oh, okay. And then they do. The film uh, credits run over a giant musical number, which sucks. Did you horrible. leave? Oh, I figured you would have left. Well, okay. Well, part of the... They, they did, like, a whole song, quote-unquote, but then after the number was over, the credits start rolling and they're still doing the number. Mm-hmm. Kind of like when a musical ends and you already did the clapping, but then there's more musical but after. But that's because there's bows. Right. And they would just want to sing during the bows. Right. Yeah. But it wasn't like that because it's a movie. So we watched this bad musical number at the end. It's over. There's still music going and, and them dancing in the background. Nobody gets up. And me and Kimmy go, can can we go? And she's like, yeah, I don't don't know why nobody's leaving. And we leave and no one else is left. Yeah. I'm like, Who, was no one screen, else is trying to run out of here right now? Was the screen black? Nope. It was still going. I just there wasn't any more movie left, but they were oh, still. Oh, but the trailers were go- the credits. The credits were going, were credits going. Were going yeah. but people were still dancing on the screen, and I was like, "I'm done." And the movie's awesome. done. Okay. And uh, I okay. What so, if there was a post-credit scene for this movie, or to explain what's going to happen at I, during Endgame? I don't care. Thanos <laughs> <laughs> will return. Um, something I read in the fun facts. Oh, yeah. Is that when they did pre-screenings of this movie, people loved the Want to Dance with Somebody scene so Gee, you mean so they much. wanted a musical? And so that's why they added this bad, bad musical number at the end. Oh, and I'm sucks. like, well, I wish you wouldn't have. <laughs> and I think you needed to go, you needed to go big or go home. Pick one or the other. Have it be a musical or not, because... I, well, I think it would have, honestly, I think it would have been less writing that line if they didn't have one at the end, because mm-hmm. then they would have only had two musical numbers, which is totally Wait, okay. what were the two? The first one was like a half, it was just a little dance number. It was when she number. goes, that's what I thought. PG-13. That's what I thought. Yeah, During that one. Central Park. It's yeah, that one. Okay, gotcha. That okay. one and Want to Dance with Somebody should have been it, but then they added another. Are there any more That's fun fair. facts you'd like to share, Kimmy? I would love it if that was Ooh, the yes. only fun fact. No, there, there were a lot of really dumb fun facts. Okay, so these are just, these are both short, but they're fun. 
Um, during the scene outside the police precinct, the building used for exterior shots of the friend's apartment building is visible in the background. Oh, everyone goes there, yeah. Um, this one is pretty fun. So, Adam Devine and Priyanka Chopra, Chopra play love interests, as you guys know. Yeah. Um, their partners in real life... Are both Jonas Brothers. What? No. <laughs> their partners in real life are Chloe Bridges and Nick Jonas, who played love interests in Camp Rock 2. Oh. 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 Um, oh, nope, that was the only other two interesting fun facts. So... I have to read this up. We're gonna do. Yeah. We're gonna add a new. First. We're gonna add a new feature where uh, we all rate it out of ten stars, yeah. or just not stars, 10. but out Would of you ten. Out of five. No, I like ten. I like ten because it gives you more flexibility. Oh man! As a teacher, I can grade things appropriately. <laughs> <laughs> so, out of ten, I will go first, and then the two who have actually seen it will go next. Um. So, out of ten stars or 10 as a score uh honestly two three whoa Whoa. okay fine three or four i'll give it a no i'm gonna stick with three this deserves a three wow that's okay i was gonna give it a three out of ten wow Mm -hmm. i think a movie has to be pretty bad for me to put it that low because it's not if it were so bad i would have left like if it were that bad i think i would have left before i get I, I very rarely leave movies. Or before you go, I will okay. tell you, um, with my rating systems, like on IMDb, and and I have a letterboxed and stuff like that, if it is a five or higher, it means I will watch it again. It means that's, you would watch it again? That's what I do. So I only give things five or more, meaning even if I didn't like it, or even if I didn't understand it, I will watch it again. It's five or higher. So I give this a three because I haven't seen it, and I might still see it, but yeah. even if I saw it, I don't see myself ever watching it again. I guess with that rating system, I'd give it a five, because I think it's on the cusp of okay. I really don't have a desire to see it again, and I think it fell pretty short, but... but you just don't know? I just, I mean, it's like, man, there are so many movies I hate more, you know? Okay. Yeah. yeah. It had some redeemable qualities, even though overall I didn't like it. Hey, Good. Anybody have anything coming did up you on it? there? I did, yeah, I said okay. three. Three, three, five. Yeah. So that is an average of 11 divided by three is like a 3.4. <laughs> it's like a three or a four. Uh, do you guys have anything you want to talk about on your watch list or things that you've wanted to watch coming up? There's actually a lot of March movies coming up. I saw a yeah, little yeah, screen yeah. snip. And <gasps> Us? So, yes. Us, Us Captain, and Marvel. Captain Marvel. Yes, nice. yes, yes. Um, if we decide we want to go see Greta, that's going to come out. I'm going to see Greta, guys. Yeah. I'll see go go see it. I don't want to see Greta. Oh, I'm I'm going to see that. Like, I'm, I'm ready for it. Ooh, this I is think a, it's going to be wild. This is an interesting question to ask on the podcast. Um, just because it's on Netflix, and I have only seen it once or twice. This is a question for Courtney. Oh. I don't know if she would want to watch it again, and I think Kimmy needs to see it, and I want to watch it again. Seven. Oh my gosh. (laughs) Um, it's been over a year since I've watched it. I could watch it again. So you've watched it more than once? I've watched it twice. Oh, okay. I think I said that when we did it. I said I watched it once in high school. I knew you watched it once in high school. I wasn't sure if you ever watched it again. Oh no, I watched it again because I was doing like a David Fincher, let me see all your stuff, and I watched it, and... (laughs) 
<laughs> it was just as hard to watch. Okay. But Kimmy, I would love to watch that with you. I've never you. seen it. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking that that should be the next thing. The it's three on of us Netflix watched. right now. It's on Netflix oh, right now. Guys. So we kind of snatched that shit up. I'm ready. Yeah. Zodiac is too. Can we please have a David marathon? I want to watch I, Zodiac. I would let you guys watch that without me because I just watched it very recently. That's true. In Did this in this like, house. I was like eight months ago. <laughs> I don't even think it was that long ago. <laughs> it was, dude. You can watch it without me. Okay. I'm ready to watch that one, though. But seven, I want to watch with all of you. Okay. All of you, two of you. <laughs> um, I guess Ex Mahina is still on my list since I <laughs> watched What's funny the Checkers Guy instead. I think you would have really enjoyed that as a sick person. I think it would have captivated you and kept you interested, but... I think I would have, too. I just don't know all that much about it, and I just... I, I would have watched it, honestly, if Hitchhiker's Guide wasn't on there, but I went, oh, I'm going to pick Sam instead. Yeah, I, I really like that you watched that, because yeah. I didn't even know that was on Netflix. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. For Kimmy? Y'all? Um, don't know, guys. I don't know. <laughs> um, <coughs> you guys, I still haven't seen um, Blade Runner 2049. Oh, I would watch that with you. Yeah, I'd- I would too. I only saw it in theaters. Me too. And I very much enjoyed it. It's very long mm-hmm. and somehow I was not bored. It's okay. Everyone keeps well, talking about it. It's beautiful visually. And, yeah. Yeah, I'd be down. Okay, so that's like what's pressing on your watch list? I guess, yeah. Yeah. I feel like I'd never make a dent in my watch list. So, <laughs> yeah. You know, things are just like still on there. Yeah. Um, in terms of what I would be adding to my watch list... So for mine, uh, this is silly, but I might add Loving Vincent to mine. Oh. Just because I want to I want to see another take. I've seen yeah. it at Eternity's Gate. I want to see this now. It's the it's the animated version. With that only his paintings, right? Mm-hmm. No, looks, it's not his paintings. It's not his style, paintings. Though, right? It's his style of paintings. And um, Every I, I adore Chris O'Dowd and Sersha's in it. And so mm-hmm. it'd be fun. To just, it's their voices. Yeah. We also need to do recommendations, right? Do we not end this oh, with yes. recommendations? Yeah. Yeah. Well, well, in the past we've kind of done watch lists, but I think Ties maybe we could do recommendations. watch lists and recommendations. Is there Being anything separate? that they have? Yeah, let's maybe just recommend something. That so you it can even be right like now. anything, anything from life. Yeah, go ahead. Ooh. Well, I'm really on that David Tennant trip right now. So if you haven't seen BBC Hamlet, Ooh. it's on YouTube. Mm-hmm. Go watch it. If you even if you don't like Shakespeare. They are so good at language in such a way that you can understand it even if you've never picked it up before. Mm, and he wears graphic tees the whole time. Oh, he did that when he was in Much Ado. Oh, really? Yes, he's wearing a Superman t-shirt Maybe for most of it. a thing. Uh, Patrick Stewart is in it. Wow. And it's it's a great production. And it's for free. It's on YouTube. Wow, I didn't know it was on YouTube. Yep, the whole thing. That's amazing. Wow. Mm-hmm. Kayleen? I have to think about it. Um, I'll say that last week when we recorded Alita, we we launched our podcast that day, so we did all of the website setting up, we did all of the photos, Instagram, Twitter, all of it, and so by the time we recorded, it was two in the morning, mm-hmm. <laughs> and yeah. so when I was editing it, I just sound exhausted by the last... 40 minutes, and so when we did this portion last week of recommendations, Kimmy was like, you know, Umbrella Academy is really good. <laughs> and I sat there and I went, uh-huh. <laughs> Whereas I'm, like, obsessed with it, and I absolutely love it. I cannot recommend that enough. If you haven't seen Umbrella Academy. It is really good. Oh, my gosh. And um, it's just been really fun because I got both of my sisters to jump on it. Um, like, I've been texting our group chat, and my older sister watched it immediately. And my younger sister just started it and they texted me today and were like 
on episode three, and it was just really nice. Mm -hmm. Um, So, please watch The Umbrella Academy. (laughs) So, so good. And then for movies, like, we're past that Oscar buzz. Yeah. I haven't watched much this week. Come back to me next week, and I think I'll have seen more. Kayleen? Yeah. Um... As far as movies, I mean, there's a lot that I could recommend, but I don't really have anything in theme with anything we've been talking about this podcast, so what I've been watching on Netflix and recently re-catching up on is Mad Men, and, you know, I was, I guess, too young when it was on TV to really be in the hype of it. But you've also been watching it for, like, two years now, right? I, it, it gets slow and I definitely stopped watching it for a long period of time mm-hmm. and then kind of ran out of shows and got back into it and even though a lot of parts of it are slow there are some really good really heartbreaking episodes some really fun ones the acting in this show is amazing um yeah you just gotta you gotta get over some hurdles but Mad Men <laughs> is really good what season out of how many seasons are you on I think I'm on five out of seven. Ooh. Yeah, so stuff's getting good. There is, um, there's actually a whole BuzzFeed page that rates all the episodes, and there was one that I watched, I think it was in season four. Yeah, all all of them. Well, like, it puts them in an order of favorites, yeah. And, uh, there was an episode I was watching last season called The Suitcase, and it was crazy good. So, so good that I went, I wonder where this is ranked on the BuzzFeed list. It was number one. Oh, yeah. I was like, oh! Was it that good, though, where you feel like you've peaked? I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't mean that the rest is all downhill from here, but okay. it, there was just so many layers to that episode of certain characters connecting who have never gotten to connect on a deeper level, certain really pivotal life things are happening in that episode, yeah, yeah. and then, you know, the, the world revolves around an ad agency, so the ad they were working on at the time was also really interesting, just... Some of some of that can be really compelling too because they just come up with these really interesting ideas and then they have to adjust ideas and it, it's just very clever. That's awesome. The writing is very good. Yeah. Uh, so okay. join us next week when me, Kayleen, is going to describe the entire plot of the 1997 thriller action movie all about Caster <laughs> Troy and Sean Archer where they take their face... Off. What is that? <laughs> what, they say what's it that in the movie? What's that movie called? Face off. Is uh, that because they take their what? What? Their, their faces, faces off. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, they take their faces off their faces. Where do they put them? Okay, so uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Kimmy and I have not seen this movie. Uh, We're kind of switching things up. Now it is going to be the one person explaining to the two of us the entire plot of a movie. So stay tuned for explanations (laughs) of the 1997 action thriller Face Off. Starring not Patrick Swayze.